Hello everybody and it's Game Alone's time again and today I've got a real treat for you because on today's show we've got the fantastic Jack Wicks. Now um, for those of you who don't know Jack he is obviously a property investor um, very very keen on rent to rent and does a lot of sort of mentoring and, uh, and teaching on that particular strategy but, um, but this episode was great because we didn't talk too much about rent to rent we actually kind of set the world to right so we we covered various different topics from marketing to buying property creatively to you know our whys uh, and and what what it is that actually drives us to to be you know people in business um and and pretty much the meaning of life to be honest with you so um really really excited to share this episode with you um and i'd love 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 to hear what you think so um listen to the episode um and give me some feedback send me a dm on my instagram page which is at the sam norris i uh, really look forward to hearing from you um and yeah enjoy the episode here's jack wicks hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the game alone's podcast i'm delighted today to be joined by the very sexy jack wicks jack how you doing i'm very well i love those intros <laughs> of course i've always got to big you up to start with make you feel good and then, then you give me a good episode but um but jack for those that, that don't know um is big in property and actually um started off rent to rent but but really at the moment is uh, is smashing it on on social media from a marketing perspective which is really what i want to chat to him today but jack for those of uh, the listeners that don't know who you are um are you able to give us a quick sort of background as to as to what you've done over the last few years yeah sure so i've been um in property full-time for for five years ish now i'm terrible at kind of dating things but it's about five years uh, it feels a lot longer um yeah so we we started off we bought block of flats uh did well then the next one failed miserably uh went into rent to rent to basically fund my life as i quit my job and um and sort of it seemed like it was going to be a very quick in and out strategy get a couple of rent to rents replace your income move on and it took me three months to get my first deal and I built really good relationships with agents and landlords and stuff. And I just thought it seems crazy to spend six months building this knowledge of a, of a strategy and, and building relationships and getting offered deals to then just can it once you start getting a bit of success. So we just continued going and it kind of, it kind of felt like we stagnated for maybe three years and just did rent to rent, but it, there was so much in the background in terms of personal development and learning new strategies and, and all that kind of stuff. So it was, um, yeah, my brother, my older brother, he's 20 years older than me, Sam. He, um, a year in, decided to come and um, take half the business, <laughs> which, is, which is, which I'm joking, obviously, but um, he does like 90% of the business now. So uh, I'm more than happy to give him half. And uh, so, yeah, we've been working together now. So that's really cool, a really cool part of it as well. Um, but since then, I've just had a, a massive passion for creative strategies. I, I like being different um, and, and a standard buy to let. And I nearly said vanilla then, which I hate even that word being used. Well. Um, so just the standard buy to let, let's save a deposit, buy a place, do it up. Re it's just boring to me. Um, if I'm going to do that strategy, I'll use like, you know, an assisted sale, a lease option or something along those lines that just makes it a little bit more interesting. And um, I just like it when people have never heard of these things, even when you go and speak to a vendor, for instance, and they think they have option one or option two, and you come up with this entirely new plan and, and it all just makes sense. Um, it's kind of a challenge and a, and a bit of a puzzle to solve, which is what I enjoy about it. Um, so yeah, we've, we've kind of been involved in various little creative deals we've got a development with desperately trying to push through at the moment which 
um, was a delayed completion, which was a rent to rent deal. Um, we got planning on that um, during the year uh, between exchange and completion. And subsequently they've decided to just not respond uh, even though the money was in client account and all that sort of stuff ready to complete on the day, they've just ignored us for three months, which is, uh, according That's to everyone just, else, just read, really, isn't it? Heard of. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's brilliant. I, I just love being the first for these things. Uh, but yeah, that comes with the territory of creative stuff, I think. And uh, yeah, over the years of failures and, um, and learning and stuff, I think you, you kind of get a thick skin. So, you know, every day something bad happens. It's like, okay, well, that's on the list to, deal with i don't really get stressed about them anymore um so yeah and that's kind of like a fast forward through um, <laughs> but there's absolutely you know tons oh sorry might have to edit that my bad no no don't worry i i, I keep everything in i think warts and all all right so, uh, so I'm all good. I, 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 I completely forgot on the uh, podcast I put out the other day that um, that somebody actually jumped off for two minutes to go and sort their uh, their son out, and I completely forgot to edit it out. So I might have to go back. Oh, and edit that. Oh, yeah, see, that's but, all right. Yeah, uh, I don't mind. But, but it's all good. But yeah. you know what, what I love about that, Jack, is um, you talk about being creative, and that there's nothing wrong in not being creative and just following following the standard if it's not. But I, I think for those, it, it's it's probably because a lot of people think that they love property when they don't. You obviously actually love property. You actually love the industry that you're in. You love being creative. And that's not for everyone. Um, yeah. But one thing I was going to ask you on the back of that, because you mentioned about going back to um, estate agents and coming up with maybe an option three or four that they didn't know about. Have you ever had issues with that, where, they, where the, the estate agent really just hasn't really understood um, how, you, how you're going to do that? Because I've seen yeah, a few of my clients do that and they've come back and I can't yeah, believe yeah, they yeah. don't know what I'm talking about. I'm like, well, it is pretty weird. You know? Yeah, well, one, one of my best mates is an estate agent and I said to him, and he's in the local area, and I said to him, have you got anything that's stuck on the market? Thinking, because I'd, I'd done a, a bit of looking into, because I'm in Surrey, fairly expensive area. So things like lease options are quite rare. Um, so I was thinking assisted sale, absolutely perfect because we're saving on huge um, buying costs and holding costs and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I said to him, anything that's been stuck on the market? Oh yeah, this one, but you, you wouldn't want it. I was like, okay, well give me the details. No, 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 you don't need it. I was like, but oh, because it doesn't work. I said, just send it to me and I'll have a look for myself. Refused, blankly refused. These are my best mate. I'm like, how am I supposed to try and persuade these agents? Because they're, they're too far up their own ass agents <laughs> in general that they, they couldn't possibly fathom that a deal that they can't make work, somebody else may be able to do something with. Yeah. Um, and I may not have been able to do it, but you know, it's one of them things that, yeah, it's, it's, that's kind of what I pride myself on is trying to sort of get what I want from the agents while stroking their ginormous ego. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a bit of a skill and, uh, it's like anything, yeah, got... it's about relationships, isn't it? Just, just working your way through. And, uh, yeah, cause I think a lot of people go into these things, trying to educate them and they go in, Oh, you need to do this. You need to do that. And then the agent's straight away just going to be like, who are you? What are you talking about? I've been in the industry for X amount of time. You have to kind of go in there and go, oh, I, was, I always do it as if I don't really know and kind of go, oh, there was a guy, one of my mates does this um, where he doesn't buy the property, but he then refurbs it and then he sells it. And then the agent gets paid twice. Have you done something like this? And then it's more like, you're not saying you know it all. You're saying someone you know, have they heard of it? They get paid twice. That's all the information they so kind of need. That's aggressive. Yeah, yeah, and and like anything, no one wants that guy strutting in, gets out of his Bentley, walks in, tries to give it the big one. Not that I've got a Bentley, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's that same thing. You don't you don't want to walk in acting like 
like you know everything and that you're gonna you're, you're gonna be this agent's yeah. favorite person i think people presume that's the case and and relationships take nurturing as well and, and people yeah. again want things yesterday rather than going well if i want these deals i'm gonna have to put six months worth of graft in here yeah to get them to consistently give me deals well, i suppose you want you want to find that middle ground don't you so you don't want to go in all guns blazing you know the big i am but also you, you don't want to come across as, as a complete novice as well he's finding that middle ground where you kind of try to try to do them a favor basically yeah definitely and I, I always drop that in in terms of experience um but yeah it's and and i use like business partners experience as well and again say oh someone i work with did this or you know you try and drop those in um in a way that doesn't make you just go here's my experience work with me yeah um, but yeah it, it, and it does take a while and, and I'm, i've been on again with the assisted sales thing um, I booked in like five viewings with with the agent and it was at the fourth viewing I think he got out of his car and he was like I get it I get it now and I was like so you've just been this whole time not understanding but still too like yeah didn't want to ask any more questions but it, it finally clicked with him on the fourth viewing and I was like yeah okay because I kept saying they were like oh you're just gonna buy it and sell it then I was like hmm no, we're not going to buy it and sell it. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Oh, I was going to say, for anyone listening that doesn't know what assisted sale is, did you want to just give us a quick snippet as to... As to yeah, of course. So an assisted is. sale is essentially a joint venture partnership between you and the owner of the house. So if it's vacant, for instance, um, needs a bit of work or could, you know, you could do a loft conversion extension, something like that to increase the value, um, they might need or want too much money for it and it may be hanging around. You can actually joint venture partner with them and do the works at your cost and then come out with a profit split at the end once it's sold it means for me the thing that i love most about it is it's the time you don't have to go through a purchase process of three four five months you don't have the cost of holding um you it just saves a lot and and you know you could be in three months time depending on the work you could be back on the market with a with a renovated project um it works for the agents because we pay the agent's fee up front as we take the deal on. So they get their 1% of what we're agreeing. It's not a purchase price, really. It's like an agreed price. And then they also get to resell it. So we involve them in the whole process in terms of, we'll say to them, what do you reckon it's worth if we did X, Y, Z? Don't bullshit me because I'm expecting you to sell it at that. So yeah. I don't want to hear any high prices because if you don't do that, then we're not going to use you again. Yeah. So it brings them in on the process. So then they're honest and, and they know they're getting double fee in a three-month period. Um, so you're so doing, you, 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 that's another thing to go in in terms of building that relationship with them and saying, look, I actually know a really good way of being able to, for you guys to get paid twice because that's what I've found with, with agents. Um, you know, I, I've worked with agents all my life as well. And I think where, where mortgage brokers go wrong a lot of the time is that they go, oh, I'll give you a split of my fee. Well, actually, do you know what? That split of your fee is nothing in comparison to what they're going to be making on the sale. So actually, if you just find ways of getting that sale done quickly and making them earn their money quicker or finding ways of them, as in this instance, getting paid twice, that's actually what's going to sort of um, get them interested. Yeah, and, and I think that's what people, the biggest mistake people make in property is they go into agents saying, well, I want, I want this, I want that. Can you get this for me, for me, for me? And the agent's like, you know, who are you? What am I getting out of this? Why do I want to? work with you and i can just same with rent to rent why do i want to work with you and i can just rent it to a family nice and simple easy why am i going to then for you ring up an a, a landlord and try and twist them into this option and it's you have to lead with like you know with rent to rent it's well if you rent to a family you're losing a 500 pound admin fee that i can pay you as a company 
So there's those things that you need to lead with to be able to get them interested from the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing you mentioned as well is obviously dropping in, working with people, you're talking about your experience, your, um, I suppose, your going at them with a, I, I am somebody useful to you that, that you should be wanting to work with. And we've discussed off air a little bit about how you've kind of built your personal brand, if you like, to, I suppose, sometimes you can go along to people and people might actually already know who you are. Certain agents might have, might have already seen you on Instagram or, or you know, seen, seen one of your TikToks because I know you, you're, you're smashing that at the moment. Yeah, so I tried hard on that. When, when did you get to the point where you thought, actually, do you know what, I need to go, go hard on this and actually think about me as Jack Wicks, the personal brand, because it's going to help me in, in my property business yeah so it was it was only a year and a half two years ago probably where i went to yeah it's probably two years now um was when i went to progressive and and saw what rob was doing and um rob moore was doing with his stuff and and realizing that that entire brand is built around him not the brand mm-hmm. um and actually even though property you don't need a personal brand unless you're going to go into the businesses like i've decided to but even if you're looking for finance it's an incredible way of not having to spend a year with an investor so they build trust you can literally go check out my instagram i'll show you the returns i've given my investor the projects we've done the experience we have how i deal with things hit my family what i enjoy doing outside of work all that stuff people like i've I've done it before you must have done it the same where you're following someone for a while and then you meet them in person and it's almost like straight into a hug almost because you're like we've spoken over uh, Instagram or whatever and you know them and you kind of know who, what they're about already yeah. and it's almost like it's just a weird first meeting almost it's and that's what you get with an investor is they they're 90% of the way there already agree and uh, do you know what? it's funny because you said that I, I was just thinking about something that happened to me relatively recently and I was going to ask you something off the back of it I, I spent um, as a broker you're always looking for people to introduce business to you you're always um, and people do it in various different ways now traditionally as I've already alluded to, estate agents, always the kind of the, the, the best lead sources, fun, like foundation lead sources for, for brokers. And um, exactly what you were talking about, about you can sort of get people to come to you, if you like, in terms of maybe investors or, or what have you, because you've got this kind of like portfolio on a, on a, on a, you know, a, a social media platform. I actually recently had a lettings agent contact me completely i've not even i don't even didn't even follow them on instagram contacted me on instagram saying really love your stuff um we've we've tried to work with a few brokers before hasn't really worked seems like you really know what you're talking about can we organize a coffee when this lockdown's all over um because we'd, we'd love to maybe you know have you have you sort of work with us uh, and work with our our, our landlord base because they, they they're a lettings agent had you know the property management for me that's like that is gold you know being able to put an email out to a database of you know 50 60 70 landlords is just that's like free money <laughs> to a, to a mortgage broker um, yeah. and and the power that that you can have with where somebody i used to spend hours a day um, just trawling through on linkedin and contacting people or or calling up or going into estate agents and being like oh so yeah somebody introduced me to you guys are you looking for a mortgage broker to help you out and it's just wasted time and for the first time i was like shit one of these guys, I've, I sweated to get get these people like this on board, but somebody's actually come to me and said, "We want you to do it." And I was just, I was actually just wondering whether you've been in that situation where somebody's actually come to you for something that you used to like sweat for, um, no, just, just I mean, because in, you've, in you've terms, got the brand. In terms of property stuff, not really. I mean, I've met loads of people that have been really helpful in terms of like sourcing agents, and and they obviously feel 
comfortable in sending me deals and stuff without NDAs and blah, 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 because of that. But I've never really had anyone come to me um, really in terms of that. I'm not, not quite famous yet, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I just think, I just think it's, it's important. I mean, especially going into different businesses now, you know, we've got um, a rent to rent soon to be like low money down type course and, and coaching program. And, you know, talking about TikTok, I've gone and gone and sort of done a challenge on, on followers on TikTok. And actually the response I've got from that is insane in terms of how many are up to now? Entering coaching. We're up to three, just shy of 3000 now. Mate, that's, that's really good. Amazing. In two and a half weeks. So it's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's actually been a lot. I didn't do it for a business perspective. I just knew that it was a new platform um, and you could grow really quickly. Um, on it so I thought I'll give that a go and see where it leads and actually tons of these kids like 16 17 18 year olds are on there going how can I get into property I've saved up this much money um what what do I do and and, and it's it's really cool actually and because I'm I, I'm going to use this excuse until like the middle of next month when I turn 30 but I'm relatively young in, hey, you, uh, you're, you're in definitely young I'm 35 I consider myself young so you're in property in property terms it's a bit like dog years I think you know they're, <laughs> they're, they're all like dinosaurs the property boys but um and girls and girls but, yeah. um yeah, yeah it's uh it's, I think it's relatable for for that for that audience and I didn't like I say do it because I knew that the audience on TikTok was a lot younger so I didn't do it for any other reason other than to kind of get a following and see if I could help any pe anyone out there and yeah, the response has been crazy, actually. I suppose so like with, with any any platform, I, I always say, and this is why I talk to people about TikTok and say, well, actually, why wouldn't you go on it? Because yeah, okay, your, your, your perfect client might not be a 14 to 18 year old, which is kind of like the normal demographic for someone on TikTok at the moment. But those people grow up and they have like their platform. Like, you know, I, I remember being at university in my second year when Facebook came out and I jumped on Facebook and Facebook like, for, for many, 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 many years was like my platform. But now it's actually seen by younger people as like an older person's platform because it grows with the demographic. So actually the, the, guy, the people that are following you now are going, oh, Jack knows a little bit about property. I'll keep following him, keep taking on the tips, keep taking on the tips. One day they're going to be 25. Um, and that's when they might actually come to you and say, I need some help and you find a way of working with them as a client, you know, you mentor them, whatever it might be. And, and, and actually that is really important. And that's about looking at it, you know, as a long game really more than just yeah, instant I gratification. I think people underestimate young people as well though. Like you see these 16, 17, 18 year olds doing ridiculous things in terms of business because they're used to technology and they've got, you know, we never had access to, oh God, I'm really, I'm sounding like a 30 year old. <laughs> um, we never had, we never had access to, free content courses youtube all that stuff wasn't available i mean i was more interested in drinking at 16 17 and 18 anyway but um you know that stuff just wasn't available and wasn't so like normalized as like entrepreneurship is now yeah and i think they're all very aware of how much money they can make online um and and they're a lot more switched on like like the message like i said 15 16 year old working at sainsbury's i've got four or five grand saved up what can i do with it i was like Jesus, that would never have been in my bank account still. I had three jobs when I was 16 and it was all just spent on going out in clothes and clothes yeah. and, and stupid stuff. So yeah, there, there are a lot more, I think people don't do them enough credit. Um, and a lot of these kids think that they can't start in property at 16. Um, you know, it's going to be more difficult to be taken seriously, but it doesn't, it only takes one person to take them under their wing, um, get them some really valuable experience. And then by the age of 18, they've 
they're actually knowledgeable and they, they can do this stuff and, and start doing it themselves. So I think, yeah, it's actually, you know, I've actually got to a point where I'm thinking I want to create an online course, an ebook, uh, you know, something for these younger people who just, they don't know what a mortgage is or how it works. They, they just know that they want to get into something that, that, that will make them successful. So I'm, I'm actually considering creating something specifically for the TikTok following because I, honestly, just so many people are messaging through Instagram. Um, and that's Amazing. the other thing with TikTok is it's a cross platform. They've made it so easy to share. Yeah. Um, that my messages on Instagram today has just been ridiculous. So do you actually um, share, share content directly into to Instagram then from, from no, TikTok? No, I don't, but there's a button on TikTok for your Instagram. So people can, so with TikTok, you have to follow each other to message, whereas Instagram, you don't. Mm -hmm. So they just click on my Instagram, then message me on there. So then I'm going to get more followers on Instagram. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really cool. Nice one. Yeah. And so what, what kind of advice are you giving youngsters then? Obviously, I know from my point of view, it's, it's very, very difficult for them to get any kind of institutional style funding um, until they're going to be 18. So what, what are you telling them that they could be doing between, say, the ages of 16 and 17 to, to prepare themselves then? Well, the basics, really. So a lot of them I'm saying just go and consume free content. Don't pay for anything. Go and read books. Go and listen to podcasts, audio books, watch YouTube. Um, um, because most of them are going to do that and get bored and realize that's not actually for them anyway. Um, but yeah, after, after that, it's kind of either networking and trying to find someone in the area that might take them under their wing to work for free mm -hmm. and getting more experience. It's just about building experience at that age, isn't it? If you come out at 18, having worked with a developer in the in, locally for a whole year, you're going to be so far ahead of everybody else. But, um, yeah, in terms of content, it's a mix between, so it's difficult because I've been sort of trying to think how the hell can you make property entertaining for a 16 year old? It's very difficult. I mean, Mate, try I making consider... finance entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of similar though, isn't it? In terms of like, but they, they don't know what a refinance is a lot of these people and they, they don't know what uh, buy refurbish refinance, like all this stuff. So I'm breaking it down like the simple things. Um, but I did a bit of a controversial one um, yesterday, actually, essentially just calling 16 year olds pussies. Um, so that got, that's been quite a controversial and, and a high response rate, but it was basically cause I put out one about rent to rent and saying, you know, this is a starter strategy for, you know, if you're 16 and you want to make money in property, try rent to rent, you, you're going to need as, you know, as little as four grand sometimes. And loads of the comments from these kids were like, oh yeah, all 16 year olds have four grand, don't they? And I was just like, that's such a defeatist attitude. And actually yeah. quite a few 16 year olds had messaged me saying, I've been working at Sainsbury's. I've been saving up. I've got four grand. I've got this much money. And there was such a split between the mindset of these people. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to call them out and drag them out the woodwork and see what happens. And obviously, <laughs> you know, I called them lazy. Um, you know, you can go and work a five pound an hour job and save up. And a lot of them were saying, well, you know, work it out. It's going to take a year to earn four grand. And I'm like, mate, you're 16. Take mm. a year to earn four grand. You're not in a rush. So yeah, that that's uh, try, trying to kind of, get people to realize that yeah. and they're like oh yeah it's really easy to earn four grand isn't it i'm like it's not about easy it's not about easy to, it's just what's possible yeah because just trying to trying to educate them in the fact that it's going to be hard graft but anything worth working for is or worth having is worth working for 
Yeah. Do you know, while, yeah. You, while you were saying that, I was actually thinking, shall I tell this story or shall I not tell this story? Because this is a bit controversial, but fuck it, I'll just tell it. If I get a load of hate mail off the back of it, then I, I do it. But um, I was, I was Ooh, in LA. He's good publicity. Yeah, exactly. I went to, um, I was in LA five years ago and um, I was walking down Sunset Strip. So, uh, you know, setting the scene. And um, these, these two guys uh, behind me obviously were, were quite poor people literally started yelling at me from behind saying, uh, you know, fuck you, white man, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, shit. And I genuinely, I was a bit fearful for my life. I thought, oh, crap, I'm here on my own. Uh, I don't know what to do. And I kind of, I did the worst thing in the world. I turned around and they were walking towards me. And so I thought, right, I need my, the best, the best shield that I've got is to put on my most English accent that I possibly can. And uh, so I was like, hello, gentlemen. Yeah, I'll sorry, I didn't quite, were you shouting at me? I didn't hear what you said. And as soon as I said that, they were like, oh, sorry, man, didn't know that you were, you were English, you know, we weren't, weren't having a go at you. But anyway, managed to strike up a conversation with these two guys. And they were basically saying how, you know, the vast you know, numbers of people just were born into, um, into like squalor and, and poverty in, in the sort of the, the LA area. You know, there's loads of homelessness, loads of poverty there. And um, again, maybe didn't make, you know, maybe not the best thing to say but I kind of just went well you know what, what are you going to do about it um you know you're, you're on the street like shouting at people is that is that helping and they were like well you know it makes us feel better basically is what they said and I was like well if instead of walking down Sunset Strip yelling at white people like myself um you know you could you could go and, and think well my life it's shit what's happened it's not fair but the best thing that I can do is go and get three jobs and stick fingers up to you know the rich people that aren't helping the poorer people and you know and, and actually just prove them wrong and prove yourself worthy and to my surprise one of them actually literally turned around to me and went that's the best advice i've ever had um wow and i was just some you know i was 30 years old at the time i was i was doing my gap year like a lot after i should have been doing it gap yeah my gap year um <laughs> you know i think i had like a vans trucker hat on like three bags on um you know walking boots i looked like an i looked awful you know about you know beard down to here and um and yeah they these guys really pleasant individuals actually as it turned out um decided to take you know take on board what i said and we walked yeah. down, down sunset strip for about 10 minutes chatting away to it's, each it's, other so it's, <laughs> it's funny because like I've, I've done a bit of public speaking in the last year or so as well um and they kind of teach you to have your story don't they and like you're gonna emotionally connect with the audience if you've got a story and that's what really I got stuck with because I've been really lucky in my life. I've you know, parents still together. We've lived in a nice house. We're not by any means like rich or anything, but we lived in a nice area. Um, and I've never really had that much in terms of like shit happened to me. So I was like, well, I'm not, how can I like have this sub story or whatever? Um, so I do find it hard sometimes trying to get people to like, they're like, this has happened to me. That's happened to me. But at the same time, I know that if I did have a shit upbringing, I'd, I'd still be, because I think I think actually having a, an okay life is actually more difficult to do something bigger because you're so you comfortable. Know, I don't yeah, the comfort thing is that's what stopped me in the last couple of years really in terms of growth is I just got to a stage where I was like I'm in a nice house, wife, child, like everything's good. Like do mm. I need to risk this anymore? And it's just not in my nature to to stop and slow down really. So um, I know that would be the case. But then at the same time, I think I always advise people on the basis of people I've met in in my life who have had a lot worse upbringing and they're doing way bigger things than me and I think a lot of the time if you turn the bad energy into good 
it's you know some of the most successful people in in life are the ones that had the worst upbringings because it's fight or flight isn't it they've got like we either just take my past and become a drug addict and go to jail and all that stuff or the complete opposite and it's like that almost an addiction then to to do the different thing and yeah um yeah difficult in terms of advising people that have had a worse upbringing than me but like i say i think i've met enough people that have been proof that that's entirely possible and it's all down to your mindset yeah and actually and and exactly as you said it would have been really really easy for you to just sort of trudge on as as you are you know maybe sort of sitting in the middle middle class kind of person um but actually it is almost as hard and you can say to these people well I'm, I'm comfortable but I still drive myself forward I still do these things I still go for these ridiculously creative property strategies to test myself and build you know something amazing in my business um, so you know if I if I can do it sitting sitting really comfortably you should have all of the um, you know everything you need at your disposal at your disposal to, to really push yourself because you're in actually in a situation that you're not comfortable and you want to do better yeah. And I, and I think, you know, in my property journey specifically, I, um, I managed to raise finance. I lost a lot, um, and had to kind of almost start again with it all with a bad track record. Um, so yeah, I mean, we certainly not had an easy ride in property, that's for sure. Um, and, and it, it's only made me a better person for it because when I started at 24 and the first project went really well, it was almost like middle finger to my parents who wasn't sure about me doing it. And like, I'd done one course and I was 24 and then I was Mr. Cocky bollocks after that. Like, <laughs> see, I told you I know everything in property. And then we got, you know, um, we lost over a hundred K on a deal up straight after that. It, it was, we went from four so flats. Like to, yeah. Four flats to a block of 10 because it was at the seafront and I could tell my mates and other people that it was one of them. It was literally a grade two listed building. If you walk down the high street of Hastings, you look up, you see my building it was almost like that's me like a vanity project yeah exactly and and it wasn't until after that fell through and we kind of um you know potentially nearly lost an investor's money we luckily the first project went so well and we managed to you know scrimp and you know take money from everywhere we possibly could to get them paid back but it was that feeling in your stomach of like shit that guy's money is i'm playing with someone else's money here Mm -hmm. Um, and that realization that that's more important than my money like Anyone who has, because it's not even the money, it's that they've trusted me and they've, they've gone, this is my retirement cash. And actually, yeah, I want you to do well with it. And there yeah. you go. And it's almost like the trust thing is just as important as the money. Yeah. Um, so that completely changed me um, in terms of, yeah, I'm, I'm slightly less cocky now. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, definitely humbling and, and realized how important that is. And, um, and the fact that I didn't know anything and never to think that I know everything. Yeah. And to always kind of continue to learn off of other people. So, I mean, from that, I'm just JV with everything, you know, 50%, I don't care. Um, if you've got more experience and you're going to, you know, use that and I can bring something else to the table and we JV at 50, 50, I'm way more happy to do so because it's security. And, and I've also realized what my strengths are and what my weaknesses are. Uh, yeah. And I think that's really important. And people don't really focus on that. They try and do everything in their business and, you know, you'll, you'll end up hating it. And I've realized that, you know, I'm not actually that good at most things. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm good at talking. I'm quite good at explaining things and simplifying things, which is why the creative stuff works for me. Cause I can explain to a landlord in a fairly simple way for them to understand. Um, and yeah, I think negotiation just from being a people person though, really I've worked in pubs my whole life with my brother. So up until 24, I was just a barman. So 
yeah um it's all come quite naturally and, and i'm very much um about the social life and and, and it, sort of enjoying being around people um so yeah it comes quite naturally to me but other than that facts figures hate it all um admin all that crap i really despise um but i'm i'm, I'm aware of that so anyone i jv <laughs> with needs to be good at it basically it's, it's good though isn't it and I, I always talk about um building relationships with people that actually most people what they do when they enter sort of discussions maybe when it's to be going to some kind of joint venture or even if you know in anything you're kind of negotiating in on life is you're always kind of taught you know don't don't lose out you know you've always you've always got to take as much as you can from that and, and do the best you can when i've actually learned and, and i've got this advice from 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 a, you know, clients who are investors and, and going to these joint ventures actually the most important thing is to make that win-win um and I think uh, the, the client that told me this said that they got it from James Carn's book, the guy who used to be on Dragon's Den, about yeah. making sure don't actually ag agree uh, to, to work with somebody where it isn't win-win for both, both person. Because even if you're winning and they're not and you think, oh, well, I'm doing all right out of this, the fact that they're not winning will sour the deal at some point in the future. So actually, yeah, it's, there's it's a wicked just quote. important. There's a wicked quote on that that I've, I've sort of lived by really and it's um always feel like you're doing 51 percent out of a 50 50 partnership That's because great. then because then the person below is going to go fuck like, i need to do more here because he's doing everything and then they're going to up their game and you're going to do the same and it's just going to be a, like continuous growth for the company which is is all good if, if you're going to sit there in a joint venture and kind of sit back and go this is sweet i'm barely doing anything then it's just not right you should mm. always feel like you're doing 51 percent then then, then it's just going to drive the company in the right direction. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's about, um, it is a partnership at the end of the day. And, um, you know, you've got the right mindset there that if you felt like somebody else was doing more than you, you were, then you probably then want to up your game. Um, but it works the same way as well. And pushing each other in those, those relationships is, is key, isn't it? So, yeah, um, I mean, I always do it where I, I, I'm like, what, what, where am I, what am I doing here? Like I, I would speak to people. I'm like, I, I feel like you're doing everything here. Like what can I be doing? Um, and I, I, I feel really guilty if I'm not feeling like I'm pulling my own weight or someone's doing everything. Um, a lot of the time they, and again, it's, it's down to doing opposing skills. A lot of the time they're like, you're doing so much because I don't want to sit in front of a camera on Instagram or whatever. But to me, that doesn't feel like work or, yeah. you know, but yeah. So you probably feel like you're doing less than you actually are. But then again, that's just a good thing. Yeah, completely agree. But you know, on something slight, slightly different, because um, I feel like we're getting quite deep there. That's that's uh, you know, yeah. making it a bit more yeah. lighthearted. Um, I saw a TikTok that you put on recently, and it um, and I was really interested in it because you were asking people about the fact that you got tattoos, and is that and you know, in business, is it is it you know, should you have those things? And it made me think a little bit about um, a book I read by uh, Frederick Erklin, who's a, a real estate agent in New York um, called The Cell. And he was talking about how actually being yourself is, is the most important thing because, and I guess this comes a little bit full circle back to what we we're talking about, about branding, about actually if you create your own personal brand and you are just yourself, then people that like who you are will resonate towards you and you will end up having a nice little tribe or community of people that genuinely follow you, not a fake version of yourself, because, and I know that through, I used to, you're working in finance growing up, you know, I used to work in a city of London and you, you know, it was, there was like a very particular type of person. It was clean shaven, short hair, you know, everyone had the same suit on, you know, the idea of having a tattoo would be like, fucking hell mate, no way. Um, and you know, I've got a few, I'm not quite up to your standard. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to ask you a little bit about that, about, um, have you, have you played into that and just thought, you know, I am actually going to 
create this brand on on me personally or do you do you kind of i don't know play up a little bit to the camera or play play some kind of role if you like yeah i'm quite torn with the tattoo thing i mean i it was actually my first ever post ever like two years ago and i did it on linkedin because i knew my mates weren't on LinkedIn. Turns out one of them was, and it was like very quickly in the lads group within like seconds. <laughs> and I was like, I can't. At least it's done now. I've like ripped yeah. the plaster off or whatever. Um, but that on on the progressive Facebook went nuts. I got tons of tons of response from that, and and ninety eight percent was doesn't bother me. That's what you have. That's you. Uh, and the people that are going to come up to you and work with you are going to be the people that uh, you're going to connect with, and the people that don't aren't but then i a couple someone in there also said like i just don't get them and therefore i probably wouldn't come up to you and speak to you because i've just not like been exposed to people with tattoos really other than the obvious people with tattoos are in prison or you know whatever um and and that made me think going into somewhere like a networking event for for instance i don't always have a t-shirt on i wear shirts and blazers and stuff when i need to be smart so it's not out of my character or anything mm. um but i thought actually if if two people out of a room of 100 aren't sure about me or talking to me because i've got a tattoo on my arm and, and purely like because they not because they're like oh he's disgusting it's like i just don't get it and i don't understand it then i'll just wear a shirt yeah for, for the networking event like it it doesn't it doesn't affect anything and you know if they were to go on instagram and facebook it's not like i'm hiding it there or anything mm-hmm. but i think it's it, if, if you're going to make people uncomfortable um, or not comfortable to speak to you. I think, I think you may as well just, just cover it if you can. Um, and, and not in a way to sort of be deceitful or, or try and get people around. But yeah, I think I remember when I went to uh, my now wife's house and, and one of their well-to-do uncles came round um, and I took my jumper off at one point and we'd been having a really good conversation about, you know, property and business and that sort of stuff. And, and he literally like, drew back when he saw that i had tattoos he was, you could see in his head he was like gee i've been having a conversation he has tattoo this is nuts yeah. Yeah. So that kind how, of how could i possibly have had such a good conversation with yeah. somebody who's done that to themselves <laughs> yeah it's, and, and yeah that was one of them actually someone just said i'm just uneasy about someone who who is crazy enough to go and let a stranger stick a needle in their arm and and have ink in their skin for their whole life and i was like yeah i suppose it is kind of weird when you put it like that <laughs> yeah i suppose it's, but it's like for me it's like anything um you know having a tattoo on your arm or you know having a particular i don't know you really enjoy wearing bright t-shirts or you really enjoy you know if you, if you do like your suits you go and you wear flamboyant suits or something it's just like it's something that you like to do and i and i guess maybe it is because i was part of that my, my first ever proper job was working at foxon's estate agents as a trainee broker there and you know there it's at the point where if you turn up in the in the morning and they think that you've you haven't shaved that morning they'll give you the company razor and tell you to go and shave um, you're not, you have to wear a white shirt or a light blue shirt. You have to wear a dark suit. You know, you have to wear black tra- black shoes. You can't wear brown shoes, you know? And it was almost, I think because they, they were just completely pulling all of the individuality out of you. And I, and actually what I come out of the, of the back of that and I thought it almost like it pushed me in the opposite direction. I thought, no, I'm just going to be myself. And if people don't like it, people don't like it. I remember my next job after that, or not my next job, but my next job after that, um, I got I went in, got into this sort of habit of wearing like Converse's with my suit for quite a long period of time because I just thought I was cool, um, but it was my thing for a while. 
and it was almost like a retaliation to having like i said all of the individuality stripped out of you and the thing is if if you do walk through the city of london you just see everyone looks the same you kind of just you just melt into the background where if you do have something that makes you stand out whether it's tattoos yeah, I don't know, you like fedora hats, so you can, I don't know what, yeah, anything that kind yeah. of makes you stand out. It just becomes like becomes your thing. Like there's, uh, there's another broker that I know, he's, he's, a, he's a really good broker, who he, whenever he sees me on social media or on like someone else's posts, he always comments, ah, the broker with the hair, because it's quite flat, but usually it's sticking up all over the place. And it's like, it's become a little thing, you know, but it, it, I think that's good. It's good to have some kind of individuality, I think. Yeah, I think now more so than ever, it's more accepted to kind of no one really cares that much unless you're in those sorts of, you know, high level jobs. Um, and I think I think coming out of this you know, pandemic, it's going to be even more so accepted because now even those people have seen like the shithole that is someone's bedroom or whatever that's being recorded behind them and like yeah. the kid walking in and, you know, all of a sudden everyone's just got a deeper um, understanding of who, who these people are because they're just being more... Um, open and honest and yeah I mean like I said we, we um, Chris Taylor and I are starting our podcast which is called Brand You mm. um, being released May the 18th which is also um, my 30th yeah. birthday your, I was going to say it's your 30th birthday isn't it Did you, yeah. are you, I, I mean I think I know the answer is you're doing that on purpose right yeah well yeah. I've, I've got to have some sort of sympathy haven't I at least download <laughs> the podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I've no, no doubt it's going to be good but that that's that is actually more focused on the branding side of things because I know Chris is is big on on personal brand and, and yeah um, and and, and it's like not that. it's not us saying that we're like the biggest personal brands and that you know but we've noticed such a big difference in our businesses and stuff based on us just putting ourselves out there mm. um and people connecting with you and and the people we've interviewed it's amazing the different sort of spectrum and um just realizing that they, they're, we've, we've interviewed two guys that are in fitness and have online programs and they are just doing they just have a completely different personality and therefore it might be similar in terms of what they're teaching but you're going to get one customer and someone's going to get another but if you try and lie and pretend to be someone you're not based on who you think your customer is going to be mm -hmm. then you're going to end up working with people that are going to annoy you that you're not going to get on with and, and it's just not conducive to a good business. So I think now more than ever, just having, even if, even if it's on a small level and you need um, finance for five houses that is going to be all you're aiming for, people st still need to know who you are and, and you don't need to do it in a big scale, but you can, you know, you don't have to go doing live videos and all that, but just post what you do every day. Yeah. Post about your dog and your dog walks and, you know, your morning routines and people are interested in that stuff. It's people want to know like what do other people do am i the only one who like yeah. gets up at 10 p 10 a.m and doesn't wake up at 5 a.m like all these other bellends that post about I, it all the time i was i was desperate to try and get on this 5 a.m club thing this morning and i just couldn't i just couldn't bring myself to do it i was i, no. I, I was i was literally putting posts for instagram together until like two o'clock this morning and i just thought i can't go to sleep for three hours and get up that's just preposterous that's uh, ridiculous. no but, my child was um kicking me in the head for, you know he woke up at midnight and then decides to lay sideways um and and just sort of every half an hour interval just crunches me in the nose of his foot so that was like yeah i was meant to get up at six to have a run before we we've got like a mastermind at seven um and uh just not going to happen so I th fair enough but again like even i'm really bad at stories actually and posting things of like that but um people it's hard because sometimes sometimes that, sometimes that can come across struggles. 
it comes across a bit false sometimes, doesn't it? I think when if you don't really know, if you I only post those kinds of things on a story when I genuinely something does happen. I'm like, I actually think I should tell the world about this, and it's fresh in my mm. mind, and it comes across just really sort of normal and organic. But yeah, just, it's just not not natural to me yet to just document everything. Mm. Uh, I always forget. I always forget. You know, we'll we'll interview people, and you know, Chris will have taken a picture of the screen. I'm like, oh shit, I completely forgot. forgot <laughs> I missed an opportunity. Forgot, forgot to do that. I mean, I I do it sometimes. Like, um, I was on a I was on a call with a potential mentee this morning, um, and uh, we had a really really great chat. And it was only at the end I was like, oh, didn't he, didn't ask him if I could record the call. Like, there there were so many great snippets in there that I'm thinking that'd have been an awesome post. Yeah. But, so I, I he he asked me a great question. I gave him a great answer. You know that would have been that would have sounded really really cool. But um, do you know when you you were talking about kind of um, people finding out that little stuff about you, like you know you go you like you go go walking your dog at a certain time of day, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's really really weird actually because going back you know 10 odd, odd years uh, 30 well i've been th- broke of 13 years this year which makes me feel a little bit sick but um when 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 you're a trainee and you, you like you really have to dig deep into the processes and you're taught exactly what you need to do um there was this, this massive thing that no matter what company you went and worked for they told you something you need to find out the soft facts about the client when you know when you do your fact find for the first time don't just go through and say name number address you know have a conversation and then make notes down the side of your of your thing and find out the little soft facts so that when you call them next you can say oh um has, did your son have a good time in tenerife you know or do you know what i mean and i think back to that now and i'm like it was so cringy but actually when i did that when i was forced to do it and if and it now gets to the point where i just do it without thinking that actually social media is a great way of actually portraying those things, those soft facts to people about yourself that they can resonate with because any old idiot can get in front of a screen and say, you know, this is what, this is what property is. This is what finance is. This is how you get a bridging loan, blah, blah, blah. But it's that little tiny little thing that might just set you apart from somebody else. It's got nothing to do with that. It might be that you can't be asked to get up until 10 o'clock in the morning and everyone can resonate with that. And you, you get, you, you strike up a conversation about something like that, that ultimately then leads to something greater. Yeah, 100%. And um, yeah, that's kind of a tactic. That, sorry, I'm just trying to get, um, so you can't hear the banging music of like <laughs> cartoons downstairs. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, and I use that for, um, you know, before we go into a letting agent. That's one of the like tricks that I, I teach people to do is to just Facebook stalk people, LinkedIn stalk people before you go to a letting agent to do an interview or to, to meet them. Um, if you can slyly bring in, you know, they might be a Chelsea fan, God forbid. And um, you can kind of, I might go in there and say something like, oh, no, um, you know, Arsenal are playing next week. Or I thought they were playing Saturday, but they're playing Sunday now. Um, do you like football? And you know full well they do, but you've kind of worked it in there yeah. without going, I know you like Chelsea. Um, it's, and you can, you can do that quite clever. And all of a sudden, people click into like, oh, yeah, um, yeah, I didn't realise you like football. And straight away, there's that, instantly they want to work with you and because you're talking about something outside of work something they're actually passionate about um because you'd be you do well um to find a letting agent who's seriously passionate about um letting a one-bed flat to a family of five <laughs> yeah but it's, it's about actually bringing them out of that zone of work and actually just having a conversation on a, on a human level and then suddenly you you're you're almost like chatting like friends and um it was yeah. funny because because i had um I, I put out alicia barlow's episode last night um and um, and she was talking about how she actually now 
has friends who are estate agents that the reason why they they came to know each other is because she went in to try and buy some properties from them like 18 months ago and now they're like great friends they go out for dinner and all that kind of stuff so actually there are greater benefits to doing that as well it's not just you're, you're pretending you know you actually want to kind of almost get to, to a friendship level with these people yeah absolutely and, and that's the biggest thing for me in in business and and property and all that everyone everyone does it because they want a quick result and you know everyone's always talking about you know work hard for a year so that you can live your life all that bullshit quote um, but I, th I think, you know, the likelihood of you working 20 hours every single day for an entire year is one unlikely to be the case without you like having a drug addiction to get you through it. Um, you're going to have bad times and you're going to fall out of love for it. Um, I just, I, it, it just baffles me why people don't just live their life and and it, for the long term what, what's wrong with having 15 years of of you know making money consistently going on holiday and spending some of that money and enjoying your life the entire you know people people would completely lose their 20s or their 30s because they're so focused on this big goal of money which you know you've just lost out on so many like things that you could have done and memories and all that sort of stuff because you're mm. just so focused on getting this result for some reason it becomes such a rush so i'm a big advocate for kind of just enjoy the process mm. and and you know spend money you maybe shouldn't like you don't have to be this frugal perfectly um financial literate person person all the time like if you need to bang a holiday on a credit card to take your family away one year and then pay it off over a year on an interest free it's not the end of the world you don't have to apologize for that just do it yeah um, I'm, I'm a big advocate for that because i think so many people you see um oh i've, I've taken the tv off my wall i only read personal development books now it's like fucking get a life Nobody they probably don't as well that's the thing is it's probably yeah. not it's probably not like that at all i, I but... did a bit of a rant as well i'm quite good at these um about you know i think i think it was shaz nawaz brought out a tax book and i was like fucking hell and all these people are like oh my god am i am i the only sad one sat up to 11 p.m reading about tax i'm like yeah because you you don't actually <laughs> and, yeah yeah you are <laughs> yeah you are and 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 actually that tax book is going to be irrelevant for your circumstance 90 percent of what you've read and spent time on reading is irrelevant for your circumstance and you're going to have to call up shaz because he's awesome I had to put that in, by the way, mm. um, and ask him, in my circumstance, what do I do here? It's like, what's the fucking point of reading a book about tax and about these things that are just so general, they're never going to be able to be used. And you're then going to ask him and pay him for his advice anyway. Yeah. And it's that same thing. It's like everyone's so, nobody feels like they can have a day off or have a bad day mm. um, and, and certainly won't show it on social media. And it's like, I'd, I'd, yeah, I mean, in, we're so bu I'm so busy at the moment with all this stuff that work's taking a back seat. And, you know, I, I've read the days are just going so fast because I've got mm. a child to look after, um, all that kind of stuff. And, and you've got to just be honest with yourself and you can't do everything. Like if you're looking after a kid, trying to run a business, trying to start a new business, trying to pivot because of what's happening, as well as, you know, a podcast and doing interviews and stuff like that, you, you've got to at some point sit down like I will tonight and have some cans of Stella. Yeah. Do you know what, actually? I am, that's, um, that's so important, actually. It's got me thinking, because I've got, and I believe everyone should have these things, by the way. I've got a coach. I've got a therapist. I've got 
um, I've got mentors, you know, I've got loads of people that I work with. And, um, and, I, and I wanted to get your, your thoughts on this as to whether you think this might be some, an issue in the future, because um, I'm going to chat with, with a couple of those guys last week. And um, I was talking about like the pressures that I put on myself, because you see like someone like Gary Vaynerchuk, for example, who, you know, I mean, the amount of content that guy puts out, which is solid, really valuable content, by the way, is great. But I think people have this expectation that like someone like him or Tony Robbins or these like great, the Grant Cardones of the world, you know, that these guys are 110%, 110% of the time. And that's just not, it's not the case. It can't be the case. And if they are, they are isolated incidents. You know, Gary says all about, you know, if you're going to succeed, you've got to love the game, which is, which is absolutely true. And, you know, you're quite, you quite, quite clearly love property, which, which helps you massively. So you don't see it as work as you've said, but could you see that maybe there might be almost like a bit of a pandemic is the wrong word to use in these sorts of times, but, but an issue in the future where actually there's going to be great swaps of, of people that are these wannabe entrepreneurs that actually are completely depressed because they just feel like they can't live up to the expectations of these so-called gurus that are, you know, telling them that they should be working 25 hours a day. Yeah. It's like everything, isn't it? It's even in the fitness industry, you get the same thing. People are addicted to being fit and healthy to a point where it's unhealthy in terms of mentally like, and, and it's the same with, yeah, entrepreneurship. There has to be balance. Cause I mean, you see it all the time, don't you? The sort of like middle-aged guy who's in his, one bed flat in London because his bachelor pad and he's got all this money, but actually he's gone and got divorced because he was never out of the office. And it's like, that's not what I want. And I'm not interested in that. Um, and, and yeah, you've, you've got like being healthy has more than just, you know, you've got to have balance with all this stuff. Um, a healthy life and a healthy balance is, is just that. And I mean, I do struggle to turn off and I'm so forgetful and I'm like, leave stuff everywhere because I've always got something else going on in my head and I know I've got to do something else. But, um, yeah, I really try. And, you know, once, once the baby's put to bed and stuff like that to try and sort of sit down and just watch a film or a series on Netflix and have a drink if I want one or whatever, and just not do anything to make myself better for once, you know, yeah. up at 6am because it's good for you and I should do, and it will make me successful if I get up early and then yeah. I'll do exercise. It'll make me healthy and better myself in that way. And every day is just this constant. So just at some point, sit down and do fuck all if you want to stare at the ceiling. Do you know, it's funny because um, you mentioned Rob Moore at the beginning of this, and there's always something that sticks in my mind that Rob says, which I, I, I used to agree with. And now I tend, I sort of veered away from it based on what we're kind of saying is that, he he said, "Oh, instead of instead of watching something on TV, you know, watch watch some kind of documentary on Netflix. Watch watch uh, something that's educational. Watch something on YouTube that's going to teach you how to do something." And I remember at the time thinking, "Oh God, so I, I'm now not allowed to watch. Um, you know, I can't go to cinema to watch the next Avengers movie because that's a waste of my time." And what I've realised actually is, no, no, I I enjoy doing that. You know, I want to watch some shit on telly. You know, I, I want to yeah. watch. Britain's got talent on a Saturday night. Sod it. I don't care. You know, it's okay to do that. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And I don't know if you've seen him. There's a guy, there's a PT guy called James Smith. And no, if I've you've seen him or listened to any of his stuff, he's uh, yeah, he's, he's like a similar ilk to me, you know, in terms of like quite opinionated and more than happy to kind of share those opinions, whether other people like it or not. And uh, yeah, listening to him talk about uh, health and fitness is really cool actually, because he's very much the same. He's like, I've put on a bit of weight. I've been playing the PlayStation. 
Uh, I've eaten a pot of ice cream, um, but tomorrow I'm just not going to do that. And I'm going to do a bit more exercise to make up for it. And he always uses the analogy that, you know, the nine to five general thing is you go to work Monday to Friday. You're normally really good with your diet, really good with your exercise and um, really good with money. And you don't spend too much and whatever else. But then it comes to the weekend, Friday night, Saturday, you splurge it all. And you're like, you get to Monday morning, you go, oh, shit, I've overspent there. So then you just adapt and you spend less. So why don't you do that with health and fitness? You know, if you spend the weekend drinking and eating badly, we'll just make sure that you do the opposite and get it back on track on the Monday. And it's kind of that really good way of describing stuff. And I thought, you know, that, that could be easily translated to entrepreneurship, you know, have a weekend off, like go on a weekend away and don't do a business call or a conference or, you know, mm. figure something out. I mean, I do find that really hard, especially when ideas come to me, but, um, but yeah, and then, and then make up for it and just have an extra long day on a Monday and uh, there's just got to be balance and it's not always going to be the same. That's the other thing. People, you know, I've, I've especially now really got into the whole like routine thing. But it's so easy that, you know, one day you might have a shit night's sleep with the kid and you don't want to wake up at six and you might wake up at eight. And then you're like, oh, fuck it. Day's gone. We'll lose that routine. And actually, no, you shouldn't. Get you should you get shift everything along and get it done. Um, or at least, you know, if you do lose that day, then just go back to it on Tuesday. Don't go, oh, fuck it. Monday was ruined. So I'll start again next week. Like, just try and get back onto it. And, and I think, yeah, I think people just... Give, it, give themselves a hard time for having high expectations of themselves. Yeah, but then, um, but then go in the opposite really direction like. when they do like fall off the bandwagon a little bit. Is that yeah, they... they feel shit about, everyone feels shit about themselves all the time because they, they feel like they should be doing more and they should be better and they should earn more and they should be fitter and healthier in a quicker time. And, and that's just having high expectations. So you shouldn't, you shouldn't like give yourself a hard time for having high expectations. It's a good thing. Um, and it's just something that you know you, you you'll have to strive for but just accept that it's not going to be 100 percent of the time yeah do you know what's, what's funny is I, I literally this just popped into my head was that ha when people listen back to this podcast how paradoxical it actually is is that we've just we've discussed like you know going hard or going home basically kind of mentality we've discussed people you know that, that have that started at the bottom you've got to work your way to get you've got to work hard to get to where you need to be and then we've kind of finished up with this yeah that, don't be too hard on yourself it's absolutely fine so people are going to be listening people are going to be listening to this to go what what are you trying to tell me <laughs> <laughs> well basically work hard is, we're basically the, uh, the english government at the moment yeah. with their advice it's like work hard but not too hard yeah um, go out but don't go out too often <laughs> Absolutely. Mask, but maybe don't depending on the situation <laughs> well to, to be honest with you i think that you you, you joke but actually that is probably the, uh, the best advice that you could you could probably give is, is you know do do what you're passionate about and work hard with it you know do you know Go, do go hard or go home but also make sure that you do have that balance and, and don't beat yourself up if things don't go quite the way you want to do or you give you don't give yourself 25 tasks to do in a day when that's absolutely impossible and then kill yourself because you think well i'm, I'm going to work until 11 o'clock you know i'll just get this done no just push a few back to the next day it's not going to kill anyone and yeah and it's all personal as well it's it's, it's trial and error it's like the, 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 again with health and fitness it's like a diet will work for me that won't work for you if you know i hate running um but you might love it it's, it's one of those things and you just don't know and it's the same thing with routine and with you know you might love working a 20 hour week or 20 hour day um or whatever and you're most likely single if that's the case but um <laughs> yeah yeah you know well, you're gonna be soon just, some yeah some people do just enjoy that that grind and, and the hustle and 
all that kind of stuff, which is, and that's absolutely fine if it works for you and you can get on with four hours sleep. Um, annoyingly, it seems I need like nine and it's just not <laughs> to be able to operate properly. But um, yeah, and again, everyone's their own and you just have to, it's the whole thing about just being yourself, isn't it? And not looking at what other people do, because especially in property and, and, and stuff like that, you're constantly looking at everyone else going, oh, they got this deal and I was on the same course as them and they've already done this, that and the other. It's like, we're all on different paths. We're all in different situations. Like you don't know what their life's all about. They might have parents that can help push them or fund stuff or you just don't know other people's situations. So don't worry about them. Just, just do you and, and, and do the best you can do. Yeah, do you know, and I think that's, uh, that could potentially be the title of the, of the podcast because uh, I think that's a really nice sort of sentiment is just, you know, do the best that you can do, which, which I think is great. But um, I don't know about you, mate, but I've really enjoyed this, uh, this episode. Just yeah, having, it's been uh, really cool. Loads having, of different subjects. Having, we, we literally have just gone through about 20 different things, which I think, which I think is great. But, um, but look, for those of you, uh, for those people that, that want to just sort of get in touch with you, Jack, off the back of this and maybe, maybe uh, ask you about your philosophies on life a little bit more or want to follow you on TikTok <laughs> or something. Um, how's the best way uh, for them to, to get in touch with you, mate? Yeah, cool. So Instagram's Jack Wicks UK and same with uh, TikTok, although yeah, you can comment on stuff that you can't message. But um, yeah, so Instagram's always the best. Um, like I say, just going to drop it in there again on the 18th of May. Um, we're doing our own podcast. So um, we'll probably get you on that as well, mate. Um, Absolutely. More than happy yeah, to. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be wicked if, if you can all sort of keep that in your diaries and yeah that's kind of the main project for for me at the minute is the podcast and then then probably look to help others who want to who want to create a personal brand really because it's i've just realized how important it is over the last year and um and actually trying to let people just be themselves is actually a task in itself because <laughs> people seem to think they need to structure every part of content um and there has to be you know a monday has to link with tuesday and you know it's just ridiculous whereas I'm, I mean, my wife hates it because I'll just take a picture. I won't edit it and I'll just send it. Um, mm. And she's like, no, I've got to edit here. I've got to put this filter on and that. And so, sounds like our wives would get on very well. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 and that's just what I do. I, I, I do morning walks. I video myself talking. Um, and generally it just gets posted straight out without much thought. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's all people need to be is just be, be themselves and, and let the world know about it. And you'll find these people you connect with so well and and it it makes your work in life so much nicer i mean the the guys that we've got on our rent to rent program i mean our weekly calls is just like hey you been mate what you doing and it's mm. it's so nice and easy and they get on and do their stuff and just kind of ask me for advice as and when but other than that it's just a, like a little weekly chat really and yeah. it just makes life so much more fun and stress-free yeah absolutely um if you've listened to this before, then you know what's coming up because um, I've started to get into the habit of uh, asking a very specific final question um, because during lockdown, I've discovered that I'm a ridiculous chocoholic. Um, so I'm, I'm always interested to find out what uh, the favourite chocolate bar is of the people. I now you're talking podcast. my language. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I am the worst. That is my crux, chocolate. I'm, I don't eat crisps. I don't like none of that stuff bothers me. It's chocolate. And, and my opinion changes all the time, but it's probably... A galaxy caramel. Oh, nice! It always, it always used to be a double decker, which was uh, a bit controversial. But I am yeah. partial to a chocolate digestive with a tea. Chocolate digestive. What type of chocolate? We're we talking milk. Talking plain. What are we doing? Milk, milk chocolate. chocolate. Always. Yeah. And and a follow up question. Ever and we have a problem. Oh really? I'm a big dark chocolate fan. You see, I love, I a, bit dark, love a bit of dark chocolate. But the follow up question that I've been been the uh, sort of again controversy is. Chocolate, obviously you love it. 
where where does it when you when you bring it home from the shops where does it go does it go in the cupboard or in the fridge uh, it doesn't last that long uh, generally <laughs> speaking no normally i don't buy chocolate from the supermarket it's not part of our shop and we've got a shop like five minutes down the road and it's always like dinner's finished and i'm just like where is yeah it? we're going and yeah it, gen- <laughs> it genuinely doesn't tend to last because i i have a, if i had the biggest chocolate bar that would go in the fridge i think it would if i got okay. you know i'd do a bit but then it, it it's like an, i'd feel it eating at me I'd, I'd just be like oh every it's, it's like, five go. minutes go back and it, it just goes I mean, I'm exactly the same, although I don't have it in the fridge. This is why I asked the question. Is apparently I'm in the minority because I like room temperature chocolate. There's something wrong with me, apparently. But, uh, but there we yeah, go. Yeah, I would, I'd probably fridge it. Okay, fair enough. Well, on that controversial note, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it there. Jack, ever so um, grateful for, to, for you to spend your time with me this afternoon. And um, yeah, I'll look forward to catching up with you again soon, mate. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, mate. It's been really enjoyable. No worries. Well, there you have it. Another one bites the dust, as they say. But let me ask you a quick question. Did you enjoy this episode? If so, please do subscribe to the podcast as well as rating and reviewing it. This really does help me get my podcast out to more people and I'll be eternally grateful. As well as this, are you in property and wondering what to do at the moment? Well, if that's the case, I've set up a fantastic new Facebook group called Social Media for Property Investors. Check out the link in the show notes below and join us where we will discuss all the things that you need to know to smash it on social media. See you later.